Um, and uh, thankful uh, for that. All right, John chapter 18. I'm going to finish the 18th chapter this morning. And I realize, uh, I know, uh, that uh, this is not uh, a particularly normal uh, Christmas text. Um, but um, if, if the Lord tarries and He's willing, uh, next week it will be. Uh, it'll probably be out of Isaiah is what I'm leaning to right now. But uh, we'll see which way the Lord leads. But uh, John chapter 18. And I said, I, I know there are no stars and no angels and no shepherds uh, in this text. What there is, uh, is a man that uh, all of us are familiar with uh, by the name of Peter. And we're going to read this morning and look at uh, the, the denial uh, of Peter, uh, as Peter uh, denies Jesus Christ. And as I uh, looked at that text and I prayed about it uh, and thought, you know, Lord, uh, you know, it's um, two weeks till Christmas and, uh, and you've got me here in John chapter 18 and there's not a shepherd in sight. Uh, and uh, in fact, we're much closer to the cross than we are the cradle uh, in this text. And uh, it began to become clear to me how, uh, how actually appropriate and fitting uh, this text is uh, for the Christmas season. Uh, because what I want to speak to you this morning uh, on is a culture uh, of cowardice. Uh, a culture of cowardice. Uh, we have... Uh, as believers, uh, in this time of year, uh, the, the greatest opportunity I think probably uh, we have all year long uh, of standing up and representing Jesus Christ. Uh, we are uh, aware uh, of uh, much of our uh, modern society's attempts to, uh, to sterilize uh, Christmas of all reference to uh, to Christ or to anything um, holy. Uh, you can say, you know, again, the whole happy holidays kind of uh, mentality uh, that we deal with. Um, and uh, and so we, we know that uh, that is the culture uh, that we live in. We know uh, that it, that is our society uh, around us that is, uh, again, just steadily, um, you know, trying to, uh, to remove anything uh, godly, anything holy uh, from Christmas, to make it purely a, um, a, a retail event, uh, to make it a family event, which is, uh, again, which is great. Uh, there's nothing wrong with the family aspect of it. Uh, but we have, uh, by and large, uh, removed or are well on our way uh, to removing uh, Christ uh, and Christianity uh, from anything Christmas. Uh, and so this morning my challenge as we look in this text for us uh, is going to be, uh, the, the, the reality is I, I can't expect uh, I shouldn't expect uh, the local shopping center, uh, the local mall, Walmart, Lowe's, whoever, uh, I shouldn't expect them uh, to put Christ in Christmas. Uh, that's not their job. Uh, that's not their task. They have, uh, they have one uh, simple uh, assignment. All of those places, uh, Walmart, Lowe's, all, all the malls, they have one simple task, and that is to make money for their stockholders. That's their job. 
that's what they're there for. Uh, it is our job as believers uh, to represent Jesus Christ. Uh, it wasn't in our text this morning, it wasn't Pilate's job. It wasn't the Roman soldier's job uh, to, to stand up for Christ. It was, however, Peter's job. It was Peter's uh, responsibility to stand and to represent uh, Jesus Christ. And so uh, as we here, again, just uh, not quite uh, a little less than two weeks uh, from, uh, from Christmas Day, uh, my challenge for us this morning is that as we... Uh, go about uh, our life as we go, uh, whether it's into uh, into workplace Christmas parties uh, or even into uh, into our family gatherings. Reality again uh, for many of us, uh, our family gatherings. Some of our uh, extended family don't have a whole lot of Christ uh, in their Christmas. That's just uh, the reality. I, you know, some of you, you you know, your your Christmas, your your family. All uh, you know, they're they're all Christian. That's all about. But but many of us, uh, we don't have that uh, that situation. That uh, our families are uh, are, are they're, they're more caught up again in the retail and the uh, and the celebration uh, aspect of it. If you uh, don't believe that's an aspect of it, uh, a major aspect of uh, of the Christmas season, uh, I tell you what you do. Uh, and, and I've seen this because of its location, not because I've been there. Let me go ahead and, uh, and clear that up before I say what I'm about to say. Go set up here on Church Street and watch the ABC store parking lot on Christmas Eve. Uh, and, and you'll see uh, that it's one of the busiest places in town. Uh, I, I've watched that for years when I was out on the highway coming back and forth down the road to church. Uh, it, it, we have removed uh, Christ from Christmas. And so I want you to look uh, with me this morning in this text. And we're going to talk about, uh, and, and I realize that's a bold word, uh, saying we're cowards. But uh, I really don't know how else uh, to... Um, uh, to define it or describe it, uh, other than I don't think we would have any problem uh, this morning calling Peter a coward in this story. Uh, when Peter, standing outside, uh, denies Christ those three times, I don't think we would have any uh, issue whatsoever uh, calling him uh, a coward. Well, if we do the same thing, if we don't stand up for Jesus, doesn't that make us put us in the same boat uh, as him? Uh, and so let's talk this morning uh, about the reality and kind of the pathway uh, that we see here uh, of cowardice. Beginning, uh, if you will, uh, we're going to start uh, looking this morning in uh, verse 12. Uh, and it tells us that uh, they arrested uh, Jesus. They led him uh, to Annas, which uh, was... Uh, there's an interesting thing going on here uh, in this text that uh, let me just touch on very quickly. Um, it is the whole um, illegal nature uh, of what is going on. You'll notice it says uh, in, in the next line, it says they took him to Annas, uh, for he was the father in 
mother-in-law uh, of Caiaphas, who was the high priest. Annas was not even uh, the high priest. And so everything uh, that goes on here uh, is pretty much a, a sham. They, they, they violate, uh, someone has, and I'm not going to try to recall because I don't, I don't remember the exact number, uh, but someone uh, has taken the, the, the gospel accounts of the arrest of Jesus and, and compared them to Jewish law uh, and made a list of all the laws that were broken uh, on the night uh, of Christ's uh, arrest and his, uh, his, we'll call it a trial, uh, but uh, again, according to uh, Hebrew law, uh, pretty much nothing was done uh, according to uh, to their own law. Uh, and as that happens, uh, one of the things that was going on uh, in the background, it tells us here uh, that Simon Peter, he follows Jesus, and so did another disciple. Uh, most likely, uh, that other disciple that is mentioned there was most likely uh, John himself. If you read this text, uh, it sounds like an eyewitness account. It uh, doesn't read like, well, uh, Somebody told me, it, it, it reads as if somebody is actually recounting uh, what they saw. Uh, and, and that would make the whole story make sense uh, because John's father, uh, most likely uh, being a fisherman, uh, provided fish to the palace. And so John would have been known uh, to, um, to, to the workers there uh, in the palace and, and they would have let uh, John in because it tells us that since that disciple was known uh, that, that most likely it was John uh, and, and he was known because of making deliveries uh, there and, and so he goes in uh, with Jesus it says but uh, Peter stands outside and you know uh, how this story is going to uh, take place there are different people who come up to Peter uh, and they say to him hey aren't you one of his disciples. Aren't you one of his followers? And on three different occasions, uh, Peter denies uh, knowing Jesus. And there's four things uh, that I want you to take with me uh, and take uh, from this particular text. One of them is, is that his cowardice, uh, it was unnecessary. His cowardice, his, uh, his actions here uh, are, are absolutely uh, unnecessary. There was no reason uh, for Peter uh, to deny Jesus other uh, than pure fear, and uh, there's no real reason for him uh, to actually uh, be afraid. He, he denies uh, even knowing uh, Jesus. When you look at this line, uh, it says that he stood there, uh, he, he goes on, uh, and, and he goes out and he speaks to the servant girl. And the servant girl uh, goes to Peter and says to him, uh, Aren't you one of the disciples? And he says, I am not. Now let's, let's think that through for a moment. Uh, the little girl looks at uh, probably just a, uh, a servant girl, probably a, uh, a teenage girl, and, and she knows um, uh, that John is a disciple. And she lets John in, and there's been no repercussion for John. Uh, John hasn't been arrested. John hasn't been um, executed. And yet she comes back out, and she says to Peter, basically what she says here is, aren't you one of his disciples too? Uh, aren't you also one of his disciples? And, and Peter has already saw John go in. He knows that John uh, is safe. He knows that nothing uh, has happened to him. And, and yet he says, nope, 
<laughs> not me. And you know, nope, no, I'm not. I, I don't know him. And so the truth is, it was unnecessary uh, at this point for, for Peter to deny Jesus Christ. That there was no reason, there was no threat. Uh, this wasn't, um, you know, uh, this wasn't one of the Roman guards who came out with a sword and put it under his chin and said, Hey, aren't you one of his servants? This was a teenage girl. Uh, you know, I've never met Peter in my life. But I gotta think Peter was uh, a fisherman. Uh, he was probably in pretty good shape, pretty probably pretty pretty strong uh, to be pulling in the nets and to do that uh, line of work. I don't know, but my money was on Peter. If it would have come to a scrap between the servant girl, now I, I, listen, I don't mean that to be chauvinistic. I'm just saying she's a teenage girl. He's an outdoor working grown man. My money's on Peter. There's no reason for Peter to be denying Jesus Christ. There's no reason. There, there's no, there, there should have been no fear whatsoever uh, in, in the heart uh, of Peter uh, in this situation as he stood there uh, and he dealt with him again. John uh, has already got in. There's absolutely no reason. He is simply, this is an innocent question by a teenage girl who keeps the door. Aren't you one of his disciples? The reality is of that question, in all likelihood, that there, I don't say all likelihood, there is the possibility uh, that she asked that question not with negative intent, uh, but with positive intent. Hey, aren't you one of his friends? Don't you want to go in and be with him? Now, my hunch is she asked him with no, uh, no, no purpose in mind other than just conversation. She let John. But I mean, honestly, Peter, again, uh, what I'm stressing to you this morning is that Peter had no reason, no, no, no purpose uh, in denying uh, that he was with uh, Jesus Christ. He, uh, he denies here any association. Yeah, let's try this. She says to him, hey, aren't you one of his disciples? Well, I, I get asked this question a lot of times. Uh, somebody will say to me, do you know so-and-so? And, -so? and the, the truth is, I know a lot of people, and, but I don't really know. And so a lot of times how I answer that question is like this. I know who they are, but I don't really know. Yeah, I know who they are, but I don't really know. If I saw them on the street, well, maybe not now because it'd be behind a mask, but if I saw them on the street, I'd speak to them. You know, we might even carry on a conversation. Now, when we walk off, I'd probably look at Caleb and go, who was that? You know, but I, you know, I, you know, I know, uh, you know a lot of folks. You know, Peter, if you notice carefully here, when she says, aren't you one of his disciples? He had the option of saying, no, I'm not one of his disciples, but I do know him. We're friends. I've met him. He had, he had that option, right? But Peter boldly, I don't know if you call that boldly or not, uh, but, but plainly says, I'm not one of his disciples, and in all intents of the words used there, I'm not one of his disciples, I don't even know him, I was just in the crowd, and it started moving this way, and... 
you know, I'm an ambulance chaser. I saw a scene and I wanted to know what was going on. But no, I don't know him. His denial, his cowardice here was absolutely unnecessary. Here's what I want to say to you this morning. There are places, and I, I've told you this story before, and I, I, I it's, you know, I, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm proud, I, I, I am happy of the way I answered, but I, I am a little disappointed in the fact that it took me a minute. I shared with you before that when Ron and I were in Beijing, I, I don't remember where I was going, uh, probably um, to go find something to eat, uh, but I went down the elevator by myself, and it was a Chinese man um, on in the elevator with me. And just before we left, I'd heard the story uh, of a minister being arrested and murdered and, and killed in, 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 while being arrested uh, in Hong Kong. And so that story was fresh on my mind. And we go down, it's just he and I, as we go down the elevator, and we get it, as we're going down the floor, going down the elevator, I don't remember how many floors, we're going down, he looks at me and he says, are you from America? Well, duh. You know, <laughs> Look at me. You know, I don't look Chinese, do I? You know, look at me. Then he says, he looks me right square in the eye as we're traveling down that elevator, and he says, are you a Christian? I'm in the capital, the largest communist anti-God nation on the planet, by myself. And this man looks at me and says, are you a Christian? You ever had one of those questions where in like, I mean, just, just like a split second, about 33 answers run through your mind. And you're saying, which one? Yeah, one of those, you know, like a multiple choice test in school. And, and you're, you know, you're running through your answers real quick. You know, you know it, it's kind of like when a lady looks at you and says, does this dress make me look fat? You know, you run through all kinds of answers real quick. You know, and, and you know, you, 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 you know, you have to, and, you know, and, and again, I am happy that when he, I, I, he said, I looked at him and I said, yes, sir, I am. And, you know, I am a little disappointed in myself that I did run through all those different answers. You know. Pretend you know, no oblo. You know, I had all kinds of options that run through my mind. You know, I had all kinds of thoughts that run through my head. And some of the sweetest words I've ever heard in all my life was that Chinese man on that elevator say, Good to meet you, I am too. Whew. Give me a minute, buddy. Yeah, give me just a minute. Yeah, let me, just a minute, let me recover here. Yeah, and he went on to tell me of all things he had been here and got saved up at the Cove at a Billy Graham event in America. And I'm not going to tell you, listen, I'm being brutally honest with you. When he asked, are you a Christian? I did. I had a, you know, a rolling wheel of answers pop through my head that quick. And the only answer that satisfied, you know, again, I'm glad I told him yes, but I am a little disappointed in myself for even considering the options. You know, I hear people all the time talking about, oh, 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 yeah, you stand in the middle of Beijing and have a great big Chinese guy ask you if you're a Christian. We'll see how many options you come up with. But where we live, there's not a person in this room who, who fear, who cowardice, 
who denying Jesus Christ should be a legitimate option. There is no reason. Oh, I'm not saying it's popular. I'm not saying if you go to your Christmas family gathering and somebody says the food's ready and you stand up and say, hold on just one moment. I'm going to thank God. I'm going to pray and thank God for this food. I'm not saying your uncle isn't going to be mad at you. But I'm going to say he didn't have any power over you. Cowardice, listen, there may be places in this world where you have to think, rethink through your answer and how you're going to stand up and represent Jesus Christ. But we don't live there. Not yet, anyway. It is unnecessary for us in any way, shape, or form to deny Jesus Christ. Oh, I know it's not popular. The majority of my family... I would say is Christian. And I know, I know my mama remembers this. It's been uh, 20 or even more than that. It's been probably close to 30 years ago. We were all gathered. My, my cousin Faith has been coming. Y'all pray for her. She's having to work all the time. We were gathered at uh, her parents' house. And we were all around the circle. They had a big living room. We were all in a big circle. And uh, my great-grandma, uh, I said, bless her heart, barely able to get up. But I, I don't know if it was Thanksgiving or Christmas. I don't remember. But we were all gathered around in a big circle. And whatever we were about to do, uh, she says, wait just a minute. And she gets up on her walker, and she had trouble getting around. And she got up, and she preached one of the best sermons I ever heard. She gave them an ear. Listen. There's no reason for you and I to be afraid to take a stand for Jesus Christ because the Bible tells us greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The Bible tells us he didn't give us the spirit spirit of fear. You come naturally with two fears. I've told you this before. You come naturally with the fear of loud noise and falling. Other than that, you don't have fears. You put a baby in a pit full of rattlesnakes, the baby will slap the rattlesnake in the mouth. He has no fear. But you shout, he'll cry. You act like you're going to drop him, he'll cry. But other than that, they have no fear. Any other fear we've developed, we've got it from the devil. There's no reason for us this Christmas season to do anything other than to stand up, stand up for Jesus. Listen, it's unnecessary. Now do we see in Peter's example that it's unnecessary? Not unnecessary, but look at this. It, it, it is also unjust. Look at the beginning of verse 19. The high priest questioned Jesus about his disciples and his teaching. And Jesus answered him, I've spoke openly to the world. I've taught in the synagogues and the temple where the Jews are. I've said nothing in secret. Why do you ask me, uh, those that have heard me, uh, what I said? They know what I said. And when he had said these things, one of the officers standing by struck Jesus with his hand. Is that how you answer the high priest? And Jesus answered, said, if what I said is wrong, bear witness about the wrong. But if what I said is right, why do you strike me? And Annas sent him then to Caiaphas, the high priest. How does Peter deny Jesus Christ here? But we have the unnecessary denial of Jesus Christ. But we have the unjust denial of Jesus Christ. Again, I mentioned it a moment ago that pretty much everything that went on was illegal. 
from the slapping, when they slapped Jesus, to the trial before Annas, you name it. Pretty much everything that was going on here uh, was unjust. And Jesus puts a simple challenge out in front of them. He says, everything I've said, said, I hadn't said anything in secret. I've been out walking the streets. I stood up in, in the temples. I stood up in front of you. And I have told you what I've got to say. I have not hidden anything from you. You tell me what I said that was wrong. You're at, again, they're asking him basically uh, to speak to convict himself, which is illegal in our nation. It was illegal in theirs. If you've got a charge against me, you bring it against me. And they couldn't come up with anything except the slapping. That was all they had. Listen, their denial here, everything that they were doing, they were denying uh, the, the, the leaders here, the religious leaders, they were denying the position, they were denying the authority, they were denying the Messiahship of Jesus Christ. And as they did, every bit of it was unjust. It was illegal what they were doing in this make-believe trial. Uh, again, he told them there. He says, I have shared with you. I have spoke to you. Uh, I've told you everything uh, I do. And listen, we live in a world today that their purpose is the exact same purpose as the religious leaders here. Their purpose is to deny the doctrine of Jesus Christ, to deny the teachings of Jesus Christ, to deny the Messiahship of Jesus Christ. You can take this microphone off the stand and walk around Concord going, Oh, holy microphone. And no, oh, we might look at you like you're nuts, but nobody would stop you. They'd just look at you and go on. You walk around this community talking about Jesus Christ. Listen, when, when, when we are denied, listen, it goes against everything the Word of God tells us uh, as believers. If I can go boldly into the throne room, if I can go boldly into the presence of Jesus Christ, surely I can go boldly into the grocery store. If I can go boldly before God and make my needs and my burdens known, surely I can go to work and be bold. He tells us, again, He's not given us the spirit of fear. He's told us to go into the highways and the hedges. If I'm to go into the highways and the hedges, surely we can stand up in front of our family and friends and represent Jesus Christ. And if we don't, I submit to you that it is a sin. It is unjust. How hypocritical of us is it for us to crucify department stores who call it holidays and sell Xmas trees? How hypocritical is it us, uh, of us is it for us to condemn that kind of activity when we as believers don't take a stand for Jesus Christ? Amen. Denial, cowardice, it's unnecessary. It is unjust. It is a, I believe it is a sin before God. And the more I've thought about it, the more I am convinced, the more I am persuaded that it is one of the greatest sins of the church of 2020. Folks, it's not 
alcohol. It's not all the other things that the church derides and, and, and condemns in our society. I think one of the greatest sins we struggle with, one of the greatest sins hindering the church and the, the, the message of Jesus Christ is the fact that we are yellow. We are cowards when it comes to the message of Jesus Christ. We want the department stores to quit saying, we want their employees to quit saying happy holidays. We want them to quit selling holiday trees and Xmas trees and all the other things we complain about. And we as the children of God don't have, listen, here's what everyone puts me in mind of. And I've, I've talked about this before. I used to sell, you know, years ago I used to work in the mall. Used to be in retail. And I'd see people sometimes. I'd see a kid come down the aisle, the, 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 through the hall, that I knew about 15, 20 feet of, in front of or behind their mom and daddy. Oh, don't play that game with me. You think it's embarrassing to walk with me? <laughs> Try walking apart from me. <laughs> yeah. You think I won't? You think I? You know? Oh, I can be embarrassed. I'm, you know, I'm done past caring anymore. Older I get, the less I care. You know, listen, you better get up here and walk with me. Don't you dare walk 15 feet behind me and then get to the store and say, "Can I have this?" I'm gonna go, "Who? Me? You better ask whoever you was walking with." Listen, if we're not, if we're walking with Jesus, we ought to be walking with Jesus. At work, at home, at the store, at Christmas, at Easter, at July the 4th, and all the rest of them. It's unnecessary. It's unjust. It is a sin that is hindering the progress of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is unnecessary. It's unjust. You keep on. I'm going to take it a step further from unjust and tell you it's ungodly. Cowardice is ungodly. Well, think about it. Is God a coward? So if we act like a coward, we're ungodly. Look what he says in verse uh, 25. Uh, again, Simon Peter standing warm himself. So they said to him, You're not one of his disciples, are you? And he derided said, I am not. Again, he, he makes, again, he, he denies any relationship, any acknowledge, uh, what, what he's trying to do here is become one of the crowd. No, I'm not with him. I'm with y'all. Yes, he said y'all. He was from the southern part of Israel. Yeah. No, I'm not with him. I'm with you. For those of you, I'm with you guys. How's that? Is that better? He was blending in with the crowd instead of representing God. That, my friends, is ungodly. It's not just unnecessary. It's not just unjust. But it is ungodly. When we don't walk 
and stand up for Jesus Christ, it is ungodly. I, 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 I'm just one of you. I'm just blending in with the crowd. He had an opportunity here to say, yes, I am, and let me tell you why. Yes, I'm one of his disciples, and let me tell you what I've learned from him. Yes, I'm one of his disciples, and let me tell you what I've witnessed in the last three years. But it was ungodly. But here's the scariest thing for me, honestly, about cowardice. It is unending. Every time we fail to stand up for Jesus Christ, it gets a little easier. It gets a little easier. Three times. I don't know him. 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 And if someone would have asked him, a fourth time, we would probably be reading about his fourth denial. And if someone there by that campfire would have asked him a fifth time and a sixth time, we'd probably be reading about those. But can I offer you a word of encouragement? Every time you stand up for Jesus, every time you represent Jesus, every time you boldly proclaim the name of Jesus, that gets a little easier too. Oh, the first time it's scary. The first time it's intimidating. But every time you stand up, every time you speak the name of Jesus, every time you carry that name to your family, every time you carry that name into the workplace, every time you share about Jesus, it gets a little easier. So either way, it gets easier. The only choice then is what we're going to do. Are we going to be, as the Bible calls us, ambassadors for Jesus? I, as I said when I started, I know there are no shepherds and no, no angels and no stars in this text. It's not a Christmas story passage. But cowardice is a Christmas story in too many lives. Lord, help me. This Christmas season, with my family, friends, in the grocery store, in the shopping center, in the parking lot, help me to represent Jesus Christ and to represent Him well. You'll notice every time again, Peter denied it, got a little easier. Till the final, when he's denying him, he's actually cursing denying him. It just kept getting easier. It kept getting easier. Listen, I've shared with you some things 
in the past. Let me, let me just give you some things here real quick that, and I've talked about these. Some of you may be, I think I just wasn't planning on this, but um, it's something that, um, to keep in mind, I've shared this with you before, probably somewhere during the Christmas season, you're going to go out to eat. Maybe today. Can I challenge you when the waitress brings your food or the waiter brings your food to say, we're about to pray for our food. Is there anything we can pray with you about? And I'm going to tell you what you're going to find if you do that. Most servers are overwhelmed. Many of them, this is their second or third job, and they're trying to support their family. And they're working a really hard job for really ungrateful people both their employer and their customers. You'd be surprised at the opportunities that opens up. Same thing at the stores. You have a Merry Christmas. Is there anything I can pray for you about? Be praying for you. Just use conversation. Use your words to represent Jesus Christ. Because cowardice is unnecessary, unjust, ungodly, but worse, it's unending. If you get in the habit of it, you'll keep doing it. I want to ask you to bow your heads this morning. And I want to invite you today to You can either come forward here and pray, kneel where you are, sit down. Lord, give me courage. Give me courage in particular with my family. That's the hardest place in the world we have to be a witness, to stand up for Jesus. It's much easier to talk to a stranger than it is to our own family sometimes, our co-workers. You're here today, and you don't know Jesus. You say, how can I represent him when I don't know him? I want to invite you this morning, if you'll come, let me show you from God's Word how this Christmas season you can receive the greatest gift. The gift of salvation. You can have Jesus living in you. You can have the promise of eternal life. You're listening online? Send us an email, a comment. We'll reach out to you. Don't leave here today without knowing Christ. You're here today and you say, I do know him. Does anybody else know you know him? That's the real challenge for us. As we stand together, Nancy's going to play. And as God moves your heart, will you come, will you kneel? God, give me courage. As we stand together this morning.
We have an opportunity every day, somewhere, some way, to represent Jesus. about the wise men and the shepherds that when they met Jesus it said they went home a different way they left praising the Lord Appreciate your attention this morning. Uh, one other prayer request. I had said something, and some of you may you may or may not remember this, but I had said something a couple weeks ago uh, that uh, Eric Mullis would be here speaking this morning. Uh, Eric um, has been uh, one of our international mission board uh, missionaries to Thailand. Uh, he was uh, Sylvia Coleman's nephew. He'd been here when they were home on furlough probably 10 years ago. Uh, he told me the other day that some of y'all have been writing him and sending him cards uh, while him and Trish were still in Thailand. He had to come home because of his mama's health. Uh, but uh, he called me Thursday uh, and had to uh, cancel out coming this morning. Uh, they're, on, they're on quarantine for something totally different. Uh, his wife um, has developed a bad case of shingles, and she has an autoimmune disease and so they're concerned that these shingles could go to her organs um, and so they're not allowed to be around anybody to bring them anything else he can't go out nobody can come in um, and so it's a pretty serious uh, situation so uh, if you remember uh, Trish Mullis uh, in your prayers um, and uh, I said there as they go through uh, this he, um, he he begged your apologies, your your forgiveness as well. Uh, again, he, he said he, you know, again many of you have wrote him and uh, sent uh, sent things to him while he was in Thailand, and he wanted to come personally uh, and uh, meet some of the people who've been writing him. Uh, and so he uh, hopefully will be able to schedule him uh, to come back uh, after first of the year. Uh, so, but uh, continue to remember uh, his family as well. All right, uh, one other thing right now. Um, we are planning on having our Christmas Eve service. It obviously will be different than it's been in the past. Uh, one thing, we'll probably have to do it a little earlier. We usually do it at 9 o'clock, and I'll probably have to do it a little earlier because I don't want any of y'all to be breaking curfew, and it be my fault. Uh, you know, I hadn't broke curfew since I was about 16 years old. Uh, and so... Um, you know, so uh, we'll, as, you know, we're going to see if they come up with any more orders or anything changes. Um, kind of going to be a last-minute uh, scheduling thing. But uh, right now I'm looking at 8 o'clock on Christmas Eve night. Um, and again, all that's flux uh, with um, all these orders flying around and um, everything. But uh, we will plan on having uh, our Christmas Eve service again. Um, this year I think we can scatter out and usually uh, the numbers are low enough that it shouldn't be a, uh, an issue uh, for, uh, for that. So uh, if you want to make some kind of plans, right now that's at Christmas Eve, 8 o'clock. If you were asking me right now, that's the plan. Um, but we'll see how, uh, how it plays out between now and next Sunday. All right, let's bow as we uh, dismiss this morning. Heavenly Father, I thank you for allowing us to be here today. Uh, God, I pray, Lord, that you'll take 
this passage this morning, this message, uh, God, as we go out in this next uh, week and a half or so uh, till Christmas, uh, God, and give each one of us courage. Uh, give us each one opportunity to proclaim the good, uh, the good news of Jesus Christ uh, to our family and friends, co-workers, uh, that we would be uh, your ambassadors. Keep each person safe. Uh, God, and uh, bless us as we go. We'll give you the honor for it all. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.